Hi, friends. This is Pearson Cross. You're on Bayou to Beltway today on KETM. Today we're going to welcome Senator Katrina Jackson. Ms. Jackson was born in Monroe, Louisiana. She got an undergraduate degree here at ULM and then went on to get her law degree at Southern. She has held a number of important positions and currently is the senator representing District 34. Welcome to the show, Senator. Me and listen, I have held a number of positions, but my niece who attends school here, Alasia, says that my number one position on this campus is her auntie now until <laughs> she graduates. So wow. I have to preference that for ULM. That's fantastic. <laughs> so you're you're giving back, and I know your office is quite close to ULM. So right you're across really, the street. We yes. appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you. Uh, your district is fairly large, as you know, being in North Louisiana. We cover a lot of territory. There aren't many of us around here. It uh, covers parts of Washita, Morehouse, Richland, Tensaw, Madison, East Carroll, and Concordia. Wow, that's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> so as you've represented this broader district, broader than your, rep- than your legislative district before, um, what, what are the challenges? What have you learned about this district? Well, the first challenge was this, and, and I know a lot of people say COVID was a challenge. It was really a challenge in, in basically transitioning to this senatorial district. I was sworn in in January, and by March, we were sent home for COVID. So the first year and a half to two years of me serving in this district, there were a lot of restrictions on how you travel throughout the district, whether you could hold community meetings, and you know how you communicated with your constituents vastly changed. That was in and of itself a major challenge. After, you know, basically getting past that, having Zoom meetings, agriculture meetings is one thing that I've held in my old district as rep and now in this district. You're seeing a lot of educational challenges, not, of course, at ULM. You guys have been performing well, but in our K-12 schools, some pre and others post-COVID. One of the major challenges was broadband and having Internet in our rural areas which uh, our governor and congressional members have answered. And we're seeing that moving forward now. And and East Carroll Parish was one of the parishes the governor initially picked as the first rollout of broadband across this state. We had legal challenges because of one of the companies we didn't pick, which has delayed that. So that is, I think, one of the major challenges, whether you talk about communicating with constituents, children in K-12, receiving, you know, the Internet they need and being able to do homework at home and interact at home. Uh, even post-COVID is an issue. Uh, cell phones, of course, because of broadband, becomes an issue in those areas as well. So that has been one of the largest communication and educational gaps I've seen throughout the rural district that I serve. Serving this district, and it is quite rural, it's also, I think, uh, quite agricultural, right? Yes. And I, I note that uh, you're on the Agriculture Committee. Right. Um, how's that been representing people who are so involved in agriculture? Are there there's Is it's there a the learning same. curve there, or does it feel the same? It's the same as when I represented Morehouse and Washita Parish. Morehouse has the largest land mask of agricultural farmers in the, in the state. And so it has been the same, the same type of challenges, uh, also the same victories. One thing that I picked up in agriculture that I didn't have before is Tinsall's Port, East Carroll Parish Port and learning more about dredging, advocating to our congressional members. And people say, well, how does that impact me? Well, everything that's grown here at some point, the vast majority of it has to go to a port. Uh, Within the first couple of years, uh, without the rain and everything, there is a certain time of year where that 
river gets really low at the East Carroll port and our products cannot get out. So working with Congress to make sure their federal arm dredges those rivers and also improvements to the port are vastly needed. Uh, Madison Port is another one that has had Madison Parish issues. So that impacts our com- our economy heavily when our agriculturemen cannot get their products out of the ports. That's one new issue I picked up. We had an, that issue in Morehouse Parish, but the ports were not in my district. So I was dealing with farmers that were trying to transport and get their uh, goods and ser- get their goods out. Now I'm dealing with the actual ports. And that's what you're going to see. We focus on it. Um, now I have been meeting with departments and there is the DOTD, the Department of Transportation, has a new grant that the federal government has kicked in regarding ports. They've utilized it in places like Lake Charles in New Orleans. I met with them on last week to see how we can utilize it here. Um, Senator Cassidy toured Madison Parish Port with me some months ago, so we'll be following it up with conversations. That is the number one industry in the state. And a lot of people, because they don't live on farms, they don't work on farms, they think, oh, that, those are just us country folks, right? And the truth is, it impacts the Louisiana economy more than any other industry. And so when our ports are not strong, when our agriculture men lose their crops and what they're doing and that the federal farm bills and agriculture bills don't come through to give them relief, uh, it impacts Louisiana's economy. So when agriculture is doing well, we also have the oil industry, but you can't have a, a robust, robust Louisiana industry and economics uh, without agriculture. So right. that is a challenge, but it is nothing new. It's a, it transitions based on what happens each year. One year it may be a drought, and the next year it may be too much rain. And it impacts us greatly, but it impacts Louisiana's entire economy. In case you just tuned in, we are talking today with Senator Katrina Jackson on Bayou de Beltway. Um, I heard some talk about a new port. Is there, are there plans for a new port or a new development along the river to somehow get more crops out to? Uh, I, I think there have been talks. talks. My focus has been first on um, improving the ports the that we have now mm-hmm. because they have been in existence for a while. The people that work on those ports depend on those jobs. Not saying that a new, I wouldn't be favorable toward a new port, port, but my focus has been working on those ports, of course. Yeah. Um, what people... You've been a legislator for quite a while now. You've been very successful. You have a very strong profile statewide. I'm wondering, what are some of the things that people maybe don't realize about your job and what you do as a legislator? (laughs) Oh, I'm very upfront. I'm in the middle of a lawsuit now over my job. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. And that just came out last week at the end of last week, where um, what people don't realize most of the time is on the other side of being successful is a side where you are often ridiculed what you're ready for, right? You know coming into it. Um, but there are also times when you're just downright insulted and your values are diminished by someone else's words, not in you, but how you take it and how you filter it. So right now I'm in the middle of a lawsuit with a young lady from New Orleans who I'm not sure who it is because their Twitter handle doesn't, must not include their name, who um, basically told me she hopes I burn in hell with some other choice words and ended it with, um, I don't respect all black women because some of you are stupid bitches. So apparently I blocked her on Twitter. And I'm in the middle of a federal lawsuit right now um, that was just served on me Thursday or Friday to protect her right to go on my Twitter page and use hate speech. 
And people sometimes don't see that. And they see us in lawsuits and they say, Lord, what have they done wrong? And they don't take the time to read the full story. And those are things that we, and on top of what we do for our districts, actually have to go and defend, right? Uh, whether it's with state attorneys, I have to hire because she sued me in my uh, unofficial capacity as an individual as well. I have to go hire my own attorney, although I'm an attorney. Because we all live by this phrase that if if you represent yourself and you have a self for a client, then you have a fool for a client. I don't want to <laughs> be that fool, right? And, and that's one thing. The other aspect of it is I am a practicing attorney. Most people kind of equate us with congressional members, where it's a full-time job and you're paid full-time salary. We also, uh, we are part-time to the tune of about sixteen or 17000 a year before per diem, which is, you know, running up and down the road, which I love to do. We have to have our careers and take care of our family. I am raising my 12-year-old nephew. Well, he's 13 now. He'll be 14 in May. Um, he came to me at 12. And so I am also now officially a legal guardian, i.e. parent. Wow. And um, mm-hmm. my office surrounds him a lot. And he comes after school, and whether I'm there or not, and he go, he's transported to tutoring from there. He eats his dinner after school. Basically, our, what I'm trying to say is my mom does some of my finances in office. And so as a legislator, um, it really helps that our families undergird us. We don't do it by ourselves. We have numerous constituent volunteers that come in and tr- make things happen. Um, that's who I am. And I, I tell people, and if you ever read anything on my social media pages, it says, and it's probably the truest, it is the truest statement about me, that I'm not perfect. I'm a, I'm a sinner who's been saved by Christ that's trying to do his will. Mm-hmm. And, and that is probably the most accurate statement that will ever be made about me. And, and I try to tell students that for your listeners, for ULM, I didn't have an honor roll when I was here. I wasn't on the president's list. I struggled because I partied my first year. I took an extra year lap around ULM to get myself mm-hmm. straight before law school. Uh, what I would say to those listeners is if you didn't have a good first year or second year like me, that there, God still has something for you, and you can work hard and still accomplish your goal. And that's something I like students to know about me at every level, mm-hmm. is that when you see us or when they see us, they may think that, oh, she went to ULM and she went to Southern. She did everything right. I am to the contrary, right, <laughs> in all ways of that. I danced at the university for a while, and I noticed halfway during the um, football season, I had to pull myself off of dance because I could not juggle the schedule and my grades were suffering, not only from dance, I party some too, okay? And so those are the things that people don't know on the other side of politics about me. Well, that's a good message for any student, which is resilience, right? Hang in there, believe in yourself, keep keep doing it. Uh, yeah, I would not like someone to pu- publish my first two-year transcript. How about that? <laughs> but I will publish it at well, some point to be transparent. No doubt they'll save that for the gotcha later on <laughs> yes, when you're running yes, for yes. governor or something I don't like know that. about that. I, I, I can bear I, – I handle well District 34. When I see what Governor Edwards, who's a friend of mine, and First Lady Edwards, a personal friend of mine, have gone through, um, it is heartbreaking sometimes when you pass the mansion and you see extra security. That has always disturbed me. But I do pick up my eggs from there. Before the eggs got high, before, but I am definitely picking them up this year. Uh, the governor moved his uh, hens and his chickens and whoever, you know. and, and Did he from, put them under lock and key right. because of the egg prices? Right. No, I think he has. And so I don't know if he's going to grant my request. Usually uh, every two weeks I pull into session. First place I stop is I'll text the first lady and say, can you put my eggs at the door? And and he has these 12 cartons, you know, that carries a dozen eggs with his logo on it. 
And also, I've eaten healthier, be healthier because of the mansion. Um, one time I was eating dinner with them, and they showed me this new way to make mashed potatoes. It's really not mashed potatoes. It's a vegetable that they grow in their garden, and they make mashed potatoes out of it. It's much better than, and I know this is not about the interview, but, I'm, you know, this is something that Louisiana needs to know, that our governor is growing um, a garden in Growing his, garden. In, in, in his, at the mansion and has eggs at the mansion. Well, that sounds much healthier than what Edwin Edwards used to have a bacon <laughs> drawer, you know, well, and you could go and get as much bacon as you well, want. Well, I'm not opposed to bacon. Okay. okay? Well, it's good but, to know. So, um, I don't know about running for governor. I'm being honest ever because <laughs> of what I've seen them go through and all the good they do. There is still a lot like higher education. When he came into office, we were cut on this campus by 60%. We couldn't offer courses to graduating seniors. People were waiting one and two semesters to take some courses, right? Mm. Um, even with all the good, there are just things that occur that sometimes you're like, this is pressure like no other. So, yeah. Well, Senator, we're, we've got about 45 seconds I'm left. I'm sorry, so. I just talked and talked. No, we are happy to have you talk. Um, Let's see, top three issues you think are going to come up in the legislature real quickly. Not that I, because I'm here, but ULM Pharmacy School for me. Uh-huh. Every year we have to put $3 million or more into the budget for you to survive, uh, and pharmacy school here is very important. Number two for me will be still figuring out early childhood education. And number three, I believe, will be this insurance crisis that we find ourselves in for homeowners insurance. Although we put a Band-Aid on it, it was like putting Band-Aid in special session what stitches should be. Mm -hmm. We have to find a, a way to solve this issue. Well, that's great. Well, we want to thank you for coming to the show. You've been listening to Senator Katrina Jackson here on Bayou to Beltway today. We certainly are. Happy that you made time for us, and uh, we wish you luck in all your endeavors. Thank you, and I apologize for talking about everything, but, you know, I get excited about this state. Oh, that's fine. Thanks so much for joining us. Sorry about that.